In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. It's good to be back home after a joyous time back at our cathedral in Brooklyn, where St. Raphael's relic, beautiful relic of St. Raphael is present. It's the church that St. Raphael established, uh, not exactly that same location, but the, the same church in the same city which he established. So I felt very honored to be there celebrating my name's day in St. Nick's Cathedral with St. Raphael. So it was like a double blessing there with our beloved enthronement, uh, blessed enthronement of our beloved, beloved Metropolitan Joseph. It was really a wonderful time. Thirty-three bishops were present. You can imagine the communion service on uh, Sunday because they all have to commune separately. And it was a very beautiful time, though, just festive, very festive, uh, very much a, uh, a joy for all of us present and a joy for us to receive him again. We have that celebration here in January we can all attend here in, in Los Angeles, so encouraging you all to look forward to that. So today's gospel uh, of the Holy Ancestors of Christ, uh, many are called to the banquet, but then we have this line in here that says, but few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. It's always kind of a, <gasps> you know, like, ooh. Wait a minute, many are called. I'm one of the many. Well, are you one of the few? You're, you're, we're all one of the many. The question is, am I of the few? Because few, few are chosen. So, we need, to have, we need to be focused as Christian people. You know, when we started venerating icons, I always went to the icons to look at them, so, so they would encourage me. And I always felt really comfortable around the mother of God and the other saints. You know, I wouldn't say nothing really struck me. Every time I look at the icon of St. Athanasius, he says one thing to me. Be serious. He doesn't say that to you, he doesn't, he does, he, but he says it to me. Many people look at that icon and say, oh, it's so warm. I look at that guy and go, oh, man, he is saying, be serious. Be serious, priest. Be serious. And it really is important to, for us to have that encouragement, to be serious Christian people, to be dedicated to the commandments, to live according to the gospel in all things, not just a few, but all things, to be serious about things. This line helps us there. Many are called, but few are chosen. Lord, help me be of the few. Help me be that. We see this great example of the forefathers from Adam all the way up to the Virgin Mary. Their faithfulness, the, the struggles they had, the things that they had to endure, the things they needed to overcome, and all of them, they overcame them. So may we, that be a great example to us the struggle of our forefathers that brought us to the holy birth of Christ that leads us now into the kingdom in uh, the new covenant. So a joy, joy for us, a true joy for us. So for us, 
We are saved, beloved. We have been baptized into Christ. We have put on Christ. We have been saved. We're being saved. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Thanks be to God. And we have an assurance of a place in heaven. So we have all this before us. It should encourage us to continue to do the good work of Christian people. To do the good work of Christian people, not to be lax, not to pull back, but to step forward into this great life God has given to us. So pay attention to what God is speaking to you about to you. What are you, what are the things in your life that need to be corrected? What are the things in your life that need to be modified? What are the things in your life that need to be accentuated? All of that is about, about the work of being serious Christian people. Be serious for all of us. We want to live, each of us, in righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, which is described to us as this is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, joy, and peace. You want joy and peace? This is the season for joy and peace, right? Joy to the world, peace on earth, goodwill among men. We want to live in this. This is where we want to be in our hearts and in our lives, all of this, manifesting this. So if we are to do this, and we hear in the epistle, the Lord kind of gives us this, this warning. St. Paul gives us this warning. This is, here are the things I want you to stay away from. Correct these things in your life. He makes it very clear. As St. Paul is so good about just not uh, throwing, out, throwing out some platitude, but to actually give us directions that we need to uh, adhere to. Flee from fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Flee also from anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. So these things we need to pay attention to and get away from them. We all struggle with stuff like this. That's why St. Paul puts it down here, because this is our fight. He says, flee them. You're, you live according to the new man, not according to the old man. So we need to understand how powerful our life can be in fleeing the things that disturb this peace and joy. Flee them. Get away from them. And how do we actually do that? One is to be attentive to the commandments of God daily. Be diligent. Be diligent in following the ways of Christ. Not lax. Not, not putting things aside. Not just living according to society. But being diligent, paying attention to them. It's, it's such a joyous life. God is allowing us to do this and putting us in this position. So may we keep that. And when we fail, beloved, when we fail, I didn't say if we fail. I said when we fail, what's the remedy? Repentance. What a gift. What a gift from God. When you fall, you repent, and God forgives. God heals. God gives you strength in your repentance. What a blessing. What a blessing. He, he, he gives us this 
tough road to walk. But in it, he says, every time you fall, just repent and I'll forgive you. And I'll heal you. And I'll lift you up. And I'll give you strength to do better. Wow! What a beautiful thing that is for us. So, to the banquet we're called. To this glorious banquet, banquet we're called. And may we not be like those that had excuses. Oh, I can't come because of this. I can't come because of that. God calls us to his glorious banquet. May we not have excuses. I want to share two things that happened in my life that changed my life. One was a conversation I had with Father John in probably 1975, maybe a little later. I can't remember back that far. I was struggling in the church community then and uh, asked him. Um, I've shared this before with you, but it's very important. Um, he said, I, I wanted, you know, you go to a priest and you want the magic word, right? You want the little thing. Oh, just go do this, Father, and it's going to be okay. No. He said, you know what you need to do? You're walking. There's the kingdom of the world. Here's the kingdom of God. You're doing this, Father. You're straddling it. He said, you know what you need to do? You know the answer. Jump in with both feet. I did. And look at the mess he created. <laughs> That's all I did. There's one thing he told me to do. Both feet, middle, not in the periphery. Be serious about the kingdom. Be serious about being a Christian person. Be serious about being a father and a, hus and a, uh, and a husband. Get serious. He said it in a nice way, though, with Father John that way. So no excuses. No excuses. No straddling the fence. Make your yes, yes, and your no, no. That's, that's example number one, no excuses. Example number two, and this changed my prayer life forever. Thanks be to God. Um... I went to Father Richard, whose memory we celebrate, the sixth anniversary of departing this weekend. He did so many good things for me and for our parish. He's a real, real champion, uh, church builder, church founder. Thanks be to God for Father Richard. I went to him about my prayer life, and uh, I said, I want, you to, I want to submit myself to you. I want to get a rule from you. I want the rule of prayer. Because, you, you know, as we all get tired of kind of adjusting it all the time and deciding what I do and what I don't do. I just wanted to be given something that I could be consistent with. So he asked me, he says, well, how consistent are you? I said, well, 80%. 80%. He said, are you sure? I said, well, maybe 75%. I said, are you sure? I said, no, maybe 60. Says, that sounds more like it. And then he said something to me that this is what changed it. He said, do you want me to give you advice? Or do you want me to tell you what to do? 
I said, I want you to tell me what to do because I'm tired of getting advice and just adjusting it according to my own whims. So he said, what's your rule? We discussed my rule. And he said this, don't miss it. No excuses. Here's your rule, don't miss. And I have a period of, I don't know how many years that was, 20 years ago? I've missed a couple times, but what, what happened when I made that choice, God's grace flowed into my life unbelievably. That time of prayer is so precious to me, I don't want to miss it. Don't, no excuses. This is coming to the kingdom. This is living within that, that banquet room of God. So, no excuses, beloved, when we come to the banquet. No excuses about living the Christian life. We are called to do it, to make our yes, yes, our no, no. So step into it with seriousness. I implore you to do that. Be serious about it. So what is ahead then for us? We come to the banquet. And we come every Sunday to a foretaste of the banquet. Just look, I want you to look around a little bit. You know, the banquet table is not going to be any surprise to you. You're going to see Perescaba, Potini, Marina, Anastasia, Catherine, Irene. We'll all be there. You'll see St. George, St. John, St. Ephraim, St. Nicholas, St. Gregory, and St. John, Climacus. They'll all be around the table. They won't be unfamiliar to you. You'll know who they are. You have may, may even have gone up and kissed their hand at one, one point or, or two or three in your life. It's not gonna, the, the, the table is not going to be a surprise to us. There's going to be a, an, a, a smoke that comes around the table. And it's going to be familiar smoke to you. It's going to be incense. There's going to be cherubim and seraphim. The angels singing around that banquet table. That's not going to be unfamiliar to you. Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. It's not going to be an unfamiliar place for us. What a joy it is to step into the foretaste of the banquet. We need to, when we come in here, we just need to say, you know, one day this is going to be the reality. Not a mystical reality. It's going to be the reality. It's going to be my reality forever. Being present with the saints and the angels celebrating around the throne of God. What, what for us, what a better thing. What a better uh, something to anticipate to encourage us in our coming to church and to coming to be in this, in this place. So, for us then, today, we come to anticipate that great liturgy in heaven, to celebrate this liturgy on earth, and may it touch that liturgy that's going on in us, in our hearts. So I want to conclude by reading something from St. John Chrysostom in regard to coming to church, coming to the banquet table, coming to the foretaste of the banquet. 
just as a calm and sheltered harbor provides great security to the ships moored there, so does the temple of God. When people enter it, it snatches them away from worldly affairs and from a storm. It gives them the capacity to stand and listen to God's words in calm and security. This place, place is the bedrock of virtue and the school of the spiritual life. You need only to set foot on the threshold of a church, and at once you are liberated from the cares of daily life. Go into the church, and a spiritual dew envelops your soul. The stillness there moves you to awe and teaches you how to live spiritually. The church, even the building itself, even being present here, teaches us to live spiritually. It elevates your thoughts and prevents you from remembering things or matters belonging to the present life. Transports you from earth to heaven. There's such a great gain from simply being in church when no service is going on. And how much more benefit will people derive from being present when the holy apostles proclaim the gospel? Christ stands in our midst. God the Father receives the mysteries that are performed, and the Holy Spirit gives us his own joy. That's, that's what the foretaste we get when we come to church. And we partake together today of Holy Communion, where we taste, taste as at a banquet, the medicine of immortality, which gives us eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. We come and we are provided with eternal life, with a, a sense of joy and participation in that heavenly banquet that goes on eternally and will forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.